It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. LMFM Podcasts with CNC Carpets. We bring the showroom to you. Or you can book a personal consultation at our fabulous new showroom in Moortown, Dramiskin. Call 87 237 or visit our website at cnccarpets.com to book an appointment. CNC Carpets for all your carpet and wood flooring needs. Yes, we all love Fridays. Of course we do the uh, final day of the week and off of the weekend. Not for some, of course, who have to work through weekends, but for the Monday to Friday crew. Well, yes, today is the highlight of the week. And uh, just listening to the ads there, Shania Twain uh, coming to Dublin next September. She's added a second date. Just shows you her popularity endures. Artist of the week next week possibly set me thinking anyway we'll see we'll have a look at it if you want to get in touch with us on the show today don't forget the usual numbers and you'll need it for the TV theme competition coming up in a little while nice prize for one of you 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp we have lots of chat fantastic guests over the next couple of hours and a lot of ground to cover so let's begin and I'll tell you why I'm beginning with my first guest today who is a regular of ours I was sitting at home during the week there and the rain bucketing down lights on it was like the middle of night in the middle of the day and I just thought wouldn't you love to get away from this and there's one woman who can get us up up and away always from Globe Travel Sandra Finnegan hello again Sandra Good afternoon Jerry. how are you? I'm good and all the better for talking to you and thinking of foreign climes as well Sandra winter sun where are you recommending for a bit of sunshine this winter time? Yeah, well, obviously the old reliables, Jerry, um, the Canaries, which is you know closer to home. Um, even the south of Spain at the moment is getting fantastic weather. Temperatures in the mid twenties, um, and then we have Egypt Air have started to fly directly from Dublin uh, four days a week. So the likes of Sharm El Sheikh, which used to be a great popular with the Irish. Um, you can certainly do that for winter sunshine. Great value on hotels, but it does take two flights. All right, so there's a connecting flight there, but you yeah. will get there. The the usuals you mention, uh, Canary Islands, Tenerife, Lanzarote, you can't whack them, can you, through the winter for oh, you sunshine? You can't beat them. Value for money, direct service. Uh, you know, up to two or three flights daily. Some days there's actually four flights. And, you know, for value for money, self-catering, you pick up a package for a week for around three ninety nine. God, that is really good value, isn't it? And yeah, you're you're avoiding the Christmas period in midterm. Okay, so those are the ones to avoid. But around that, that type of value is there, and guaranteed nice temperatures. Uh, uh, Sandra, you know, temperatures uh, sort of you know throughout the winter, an average of about anywhere between twenty to twenty-five degrees, depending on the months. Obviously, January is obviously the more colder month, a little bit more rain. But coming through the back end of January, starts to get really nice. Morocco, very, very popular, similar temperatures to the Canaries. Um, you can do a lovely combination there, Jerry. A couple of days in Marrakesh and then down to the beach in Agadir. Um, super value for money. Oh, you're, you're mentioning Alter. all the right places there, Sandra, yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, so, so look, lots of options there for winter sunshine. And flight times, what are you talking about to Tenerife, La- Lanzarote? How, how long? Four enough? hours, Jerry. Yeah, okay. Four hours. Yeah, yeah four hours. Uh, but, but direct yeah. in there as well. So lots of availability, sunshine there now and right into to the new year. Just when you mention Christmas time there, I might as well ask you this because somebody mentioned to me earlier today, I was saying to me around me and just wanted to ask you, what about going away for Christmas time? Is, is, it, a, is it a popular thing? 
Uh, well, it's very popular this year because it's the first year we've been able to do it. <laughs> yes. There's no restrictions. Yes, true. So, yeah, it, it's very, very busy. Um, Lapland, to start off with, is completely sold out. That's sold out. Bookings have been rolling over from last year. And then Winter Sunshine, again, the likes of the Canaries, Florida, very popular. And then more long haul, um, the likes of Bali, Thailand, um, and obviously a lot of people trying to go out and visit family in Australia and New Zealand. That's pretty popular mm. because they haven't been able to do it for a couple of years. Mm. And and with the Christmas thing, do people generally take the Christmas and New Year, you know, run one into the other? or um, Some people like to have the turkey at home and head off on the yes. 26th, 27th and, you know, incorporate New Year until maybe just before the children go back to school until the 4th of January. Mm. Some people love to get a, a break prior to Christmas, particularly people in the hospitality industry who are going to be flat out would love, like, a, a nice little break. Uh, like, we had somebody at the counter inquiring about a, a night in Dublin today. A hotel in Dublin for a night is costing around €500. Euro. One of the girls booked them on a Barcelona trip for two nights for the same amount, flights and hotel. So it's a no-brainer, really, Jerry. It really isn't when you hear those figures. My, oh my, that is uh, uh, startling, really, I have to say, w- w- when you mention the numbers there. The other thing, like, and, and just to come back to that, because I had on my list to say it to you, Lapland is gone. That's it, out for this year. So w- are you really advised that if you're thinking about it in 12 months' time, should you be looking at that even now? It's on sale for next year. Is it? Already? Yeah, it's on sale for next year. There you go. So sure look, your granddaughter be delighted <laughs> to hear you. <laughs> thanks, Sandra. Thanks, thanks, Sandra. <laughs> you just now snookered me on that one, and she's listening. I know they're off at midterm anyway today, but anyway, I'll hear that when I when when I see her this evening. The other thing about this time of the year, am I too early to mention skiing, or are people looking at skiing? No, skiing is, you know, I would say seventy-five to eighty percent sold out. Again. It's really, really busy. Mm. Um, some There was some great value early on, you know, with maybe free lift passes and free boots or skis. No, absolutely, ski is really busy. Uh, anyone looking for value for money, the weekend of the 7th or 14th of January is super value. Uh, the following week, 21st, is not too bad either then. Coming into February is really the peak time. Mm. And then you've got midterm break. And then we even have ski right up until Patrick's weekend. Okay, and and despite the warm temperatures in Europe, there is snow and there will be snow on the piece. High, high altitude. Yes. You mentioned to me before, because this is the thing about skiing, for anyone who hasn't been, where did you mention, was it Andorra you said was the best? Andorra is super value for money, yeah. Uh, It's value for money in relation to, you know, you can pick up a ski holiday, Jerry, for four or five hundred euro. But it's the extras that really add the cost on. Mm. The likes of Austria, France and Italy, you know, can add an extra five or six hundred euro on top of that. Whereas the likes of Andorra, you could maybe add an extra three to three fifty and that will cover you for your ski school, lift pass and your equipment. And in terms of gear for going and that, do you need much? Do you need to bring much yourself? You know, I know to keep warm you have to ski jacket. Yes. You the pants. Uh, you know, your goggles, your gloves and a hat and away you go. Everything else will be there for you when you pay uh, the bobs to cover it off. Now, let's talk about uh, cities for a moment. City breaks themselves. Uh, what do you, uh, from your experience, what's an ideal number of nights to cover a city break? It obviously depends, Jerry, on the city and it depends on the flight times corresponding. So if you can get a nice early flight out on a Friday morning, uh, and get a flight back on a Sunday evening. You can have a really nice three-day, two-night city stay. Mm. Um, Madrid is one of my favourite ones. I love it. Barcelona, Prague, Paris, great again. And even taking the kids, if you did three nights, you can do the day trip out to Disney as well. Mm. Um, uh, Venice is still there, another beautiful city. Um, lots of people, again, flying into Milan and maybe hopping on the train up to Lake Como. So loads of lovely options there. So uh, that's a nice one time-wise, you say, the Friday to Sunday and you get your two nights and and covers it off well. Now, Christmas markets, while we're on cities as well, Christmas markets are, are coming up and I see lots of talk about them and, and advertising. If you were to pick, you've mentioned a number of cities there, where would your favourite Christmas market destinations be, Sandra? I think it would probably be Vienna. Would it? There yeah, you go, yeah, again. And or either that or one of the German cities, Munich either, yeah. Mm. 
I did Krakow with you uh, before all the the uh, everyone was grounded as well. Krakow is beautiful Christmas time too. Absolutely. Once it's cold and fresh and crisp and, you know, a nice atmosphere and cost of living is quite low. Mm. Obviously, Vienna would probably be the more expensive of them, but certainly um, the German cities, Prague, Budapest, any of those, you're going to get great value for money. And the markets are on, of course, right up to Christmas now and you can go enjoy Right the up to the 21st, 22nd of right, December. They run to there. Now, what about uh, with the exchange rate change substantially? I'm talking about the States, of course, where you have parity now between the euro and the dollar. In fact, the dollar may be a little higher th- than the euro. What's your what's happening there demand wise for, like, let's say, New York Christmas time? New York is still very, very busy. You know, it used to be the big mad bash where all the Irish people used to like to go for the Black Friday sales and all the rest. But you can get everything at home here now that you used to be able to get in the States. So shopping is not a big thing, really, for anyone heading to New York. It's all about doing, you know, the sightseeing, taking in a show, maybe taking in a sports event. Um, Still very popular. And it's always like a bucket list trip. People have been, you know, planned them 12 months in advance. And I don't think they let the dollar, you know, hold them back too much once they're taken holiday. Yeah, true. Now, Qatar, the World Cup coming up there, starting later this month and running up virtually right up to Christmas as well. Has that any impact on, I know you love the Middle East and Dubai and everywhere there. Any any, any fallout from that? No at all. Uh, no, the, the big problem is it's not a hotel bed to be got, Jerry. Uh, they've they've got to a situation where the likes of some of the cruise companies have actually bought ships into Qatar, into Doha, for the matches, and they've left them sitting there. So we've got, like have floating hotels in Qatar for the time of the World Cup. The timing of it as well is is off. Plus the fact that we're not in it. Mm, <laughs> uh, yes. So, but it'll be nice to sit back and watch a couple of games. It, it's but, uh, in relation to demand. Certainly, from ourselves, we we've, we haven't had really any, mm. one or two. Mm. Back to an issue we spoke about uh, summertime this year and that uh, things have certainly settled down on the Dublin airport front. Oh, absolutely. I was up there myself this morning. And I, I, I have the app on my phone, the Dublin airport app, just watching security queues. And in T1, which is always a busy one, at nine o'clock this morning, the waiting time was five minutes, which is back to 2019 times. Mm. It was excellent. And that's a, a important to understand as well, that that issue has certainly passed. And thank God it has. Um, what about elsewhere? What, are you hearing anything about from abroad? Is, is, is there any bottlenecks in Europe or are things easing Amsterdam up? Amsterdam was having major problems throughout the, uh, the last couple of months. But like everything else, it's all, you know, the, the big problem was, Jerry, the amount of checking of documents that had to be done to get from A to B. You know, the COVID certs, you know, uh, whether you needed test results, that's all gone by the wayside. And that was, was causing, and plus the fact they didn't have the personnel. Airports throughout the world let so many people go. And now there's been full recruitment drives and things are very much back to normal. Oh, thank thank God it is because there's nothing worse. I don't have to remind you of chaos at the Absolutely. airport when you're travelling. Just as an aside before we finish, passport-wise and renewing passports, what's the latest there with you? Okay, the, the passport system, the online system is fantastic. You know, uh, you know, you could apply on a Sunday evening and your passport could be in the door on Tuesday and Wednesday if it's an adult application. Kids' passports are taking about three weeks if it's a renewal and if it's a first-time application, allows six to eight weeks. So your recommendation is do it yourself online if you're renewing. Do it online. And, and Sandra, how how soon to expiry? Let's say your passport is out of date, for example, in the spring of 2023. Should you be renewing now? It just depends on the destination you're going to travel to, Jerry. So if you're staying within Europe, you know, you can get full value out of your passport until the last minute. Uh, but if you're travelling to say the Middle East or Asia or Australia you need six months on your passport there the states is only the only requirement is it's valid for the duration of your stay and as regards children and especially new arrivals into families do you recommend getting a passport as soon as you can for them absolutely because you know to be hanging about and particularly come January Jenny uh, sorry Jerry the passports uh, will start to get really really busy again so if you've got time over Christmas try and get the paperwork done 
Um, most of the chemists do a very good photograph service and they send you an email with a code. You can upload it and it's very simple. Yeah, and just uh, when you hear in the news that we issued a record number of passports this year, lots of people looking for Irish passports at this stage. So it shows you the pressure that the office I- itself is under. So lots, lots happening. And of course, Christmas is a nice time, uh, Sandra, to give a, a little gift voucher for travel. Absolutely, gift voucher or even the sporting events, you know, even the soccer matches, the, the games are still there. Um, they're always on Santi's list, mm. a weekend away, um, or even, you know, a simple gift voucher from €50 Euros upwards, you know. Yes, can go towards your next trip, wherever yeah, that the may be. The deposit or whatever. Yeah. And bookings for next year, for 2023, are starting to get really busy. Easter is a little bit earlier than normal. And then we've got Patrick's Day as well, and there's some fantastic value around on city breaks and short stay holidays over Patrick's. Great stuff. And the demand is there and people have scales on them to get going that some people haven't even got going yet after the pandemic. But certainly next year is going to be another big year. And long may that continue. So. Yes. Sandra, as usual, appreciate your time. Thank you so much for no joining bother, us. Jerry. Take okay. care now. Bye bye. Bye bye. That's Sandra Finnegan there from Globe Travel. 0419837891 is their number. You can give her a shout there and they'd be delighted to help you. Knock, knock. Who's there? That's how it works. It's called comedy. Comedy. Comedy, comedy. Comedy. comedy, sir. Comedy. Comedy. Classic comedy. Classic comedy. On the late lunch. I love comedy. The wonderful Tom Allen reflecting on his school days. I do think at school, like, they try and prepare you for life, don't they? I don't know how well they do it. Like, I remember at primary school, uh, they used to try and prepare us for life by uh, giving us assemblies every day. We'd have assembly every day, but we'd all be sat in the hall, on the floor, in rows. And then the teachers would be sat on the end of the rows, on chairs, because they were stronger <laughs> and then our head teacher called Mr Babbage would come in and he'd come in and he'd walk to the front and he'd say good morning everybody and then the whole school would go good morning Mr Babbage because they were all drunk And then he'd read us a story, and it would always be a story about, like, how to make a soup out of stones. (laughs) And I think Jesus was there somewhere. (laughs) And there was always a moral, and the moral was always something like, be poor. (laughs) And then after that, he'd sometimes read us a letter from Rapamundi, and... Rapamundi was this girl, right, we were always raising money for in India. (laughs) And she would write us these letters about how dreadful her life was. And she did have an awful, awful, dreadful, dreadful, awful, 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 dreadful, dreadful, awful, dreadful, dreadful life. But then she always found time to write. And then, after that, we'd always have a collection of postage stamps for guide dogs. I don't know who these guide dogs are writing to. (laughs) And then eventually, when you've done enough of that, eventually, then you get to go, of course, to secondary school, don't you? Secondary school, and that's where you get to learn really interesting things at secondary school, isn't it? Like, you get to learn about novels in English, and you get to learn about, like, proper grown-up maths, don't you? Or math, as they say in America, don't they? Math, math, math. But we do it more than once. And I remember learning things like Pythagoras' theorem. Do you remember that? Pythagoras' theorem. Do you remember that? Do you remember that? Sokatoa. Do you remember that? Sokatoa. 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 It's a thing. I'm not just having a stroke. Sokatoa. Sokatoa. Sokatoa means sine equals opposite over hypotenuse. Cosine equals adjacent over hypotenuse. I mean, now, as an adult, looking back, it would have been nice, wouldn't it, if they spent maybe half an hour or even, even, just, like, even just like 10 minutes, really. Just, just 10 minutes. Just 10 minutes going, this is... A pension scheme. <laughs> this is how you get on a tax return, and this is how you get over a broken heart, and this is how you get on a state agent to f off. <laughs> but they don't, do they? They don't, they don't. Tangent equals opposite over adjacent, which is good to know because sometimes you do find yourself in a triangle. <laughs> 
Yeah, the wonderful Tom Allen bringing us our comedy, reflecting on his school days on your late lunch this afternoon. It goes without saying that my next guest is one of our best-loved authors in this country. And her book, one of our greatest books, of course, is To School Through the Fields. But ever since, she's been just churning out the most wonderful, wonderful books. I've spoken to her on a number of occasions. Last time, it was about tea for one. And she's back with another cracker. It's called The Nana... And I'm delighted to say hello again today to Alice Taylor. Hi, Alice. Hi, Jerry. Thank you for joining me again on the show. Well, you've done it. You've done it again, I have to say. <laughs> I have the book for the last while and I've so enjoyed it. But here's the thing I want to start with. Yes. Um, you, your, your paternal and maternal nanas, are gra- they're known as grannies, of course, grands, different names around the country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't know your paternal granny. No, she she was she was dead before I was born. But her her portrait I mean the portrait sounds very grand, but it's amazing. It hung in our parlour and it almost made her part of the family. We called her we called my mother's mother Nana, but we called um, my father's mother uh, Grandmother Taylor. Mm. She was hanging in the parlour and uh, the, the funny thing about it, Jerry, is um, it was very unusual to have a portrait, a painted portrait um, that time in rural Ireland. Uh, and um, I remember saying to my father, how come you have this picture? And um, when she died, she died quite young uh, because... Um, I said she she worked very hard on the farm, mm. and um, when she died, um, he took he took a photograph of her up to Cork. Now, Jerry going to Cork in the nineteen thirties was like going to America today. <laughs> yes. Yeah, and he took it up and got her portrait painted, and I said to him, "Wasn't that an amazing thing to do?" Well, he said, "You know, she he obviously had huge respect for her," and I said to him then. How much did that cost? Because that time, I mean, we all we all things were hammed up now, but by God, they were hammed up that time. Money was fierce scarce. I said, how much did it cost you? He said, the price of an in-calf heifer. That's farmer's language now. Yes. And I asked a, a neighbour of mine, a farmer, how much would that be in today's world? Well, he said, for a good one, 2,000 euro. Oh. So that was a lot of money a equating lot. back along. Um, so it, 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 but in a way, it was great for the family because we grew up kind of feeling she was part of us. Yes. Yes, and and and, her, and it's in the book. The portrait is in the book, and she's been looking out at you uh, ever since. It's brilliant, and it's really lovely, and it's a lovely story as well. Now, on the other side, your maternal granny, oh, Nana Ballydwan, is yeah. that how you pronounce it, Ballydwan? Ballydwan, yeah. Yes, yeah. Uh, you knew her, a matriarch. Yes, oh, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, Jerry. Uh, she taught her function in life was to straighten us out and straighten us up. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> she lived back the road from us and uh, we were dispatched regularly to, you know, to look after Nana. And my mother played the guilt game. Oh, poor Nana. But she was far from being poor Nana. She, she was, oh, she was a very strong-minded woman. And... Um, I suppose, in, in a sense, when you think about it, that generation, Jerry, they were the first generation after the famine. Mm. So they were reared in hard times, and they knew how to cope with, with everything. Really, they had to. And um, her husband died when she was quite, you know, quite young. So she ran the farm, and, and let me tell you, she ran the town land, and she ran us as well. <laughs> Oh, yes, you really do get that impression from the book. Yeah, and, you yeah. know, I'm not saying this in a disrespectful way. You mentioned you were 20 when she passed away and you shed a tear, of course. I did, because it's amazing. And grandmothers, they're, they're very, you know, I think they give children a great sense of security. And I think, you know, um, John Moriarty, I always loved that story John Moriarty told about um, being at home. He was home, he was a lecturer in in um, in a Canadian university and he was home on holidays uh, in Kerry, on a farm in Kerry. And um, all the family were gone to the Easter devotions, but he was at home. There was a cow due to calf and he was minding the, the cow and um, his little niece who was six was with him and they were they were watching the calf coming anyway and then the little one said to him you know he, she he, she said i came out of my mammy's tummy oh he said yeah and um 
he said, where did Mammy come from? Oh, Mammy came out of Nana's tummy. And then he said, and where did Nana come from? Oh, she said, Nana was always there. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, the little mind, you know what I mean? And the rationalising of that in our own mind. Yeah, but it's just, I think, that to the the child, Nana was the back wall of the house, like. Yeah. And, you know, I have to say, Alice, you, you, you play this brilliantly in the book because you were a young girl once. You were a child yourself, a young girl, a young woman. You then become a mother yourself. You're a grandmother now. It, it it comes to a lot of people gradually, doesn't it? When you it does, and you know something, um, Jerry. I think what happens as you grow older, you become more aware of a lot of things. Will you mature naturally? Well, I hope you do anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I think you become more tolerant, and uh, I think you appreciate your grandchildren because then you have more time. Mm. And I think I think you know becoming an enemy made me aware, I think, of the responsibility of parenthood. You know, when you're young, um, you sail into everything you take it all for granted. But I think an awareness comes with the years and appreciation as well of the wonder of of the little ones. Yes, and and that's the point I was making. When you are that young girl growing up, you don't, as you say, you just get on with it and you don't think the day will ever come when it will be your turn to be the mammy and then the nana or the granny as well. But it does indeed. And you know, Alice, you said something there. I have four grandchildren now and I never thought, I have to say, when Ava was the first to arrive and then the others followed, the love of a grandchild is something else, isn't isn't it? Mm. You know, you, you, and you couldn't explain it until it happens. There's a wonder in them. There is. And, you know, they keep you going and they keep you young and they never cease to amaze you. I love in the book where you talk about who's the little one you bring to the ballet. Oh, Ellie, she's, she's t- yeah, Ellie, she lives up the, up the hill here for me. She's my daughter's, um, there's three of them there. Ellie is, is ten, uh, Tim is six, and the little fella is, he'll be three at Christmas. Mm. But you know, the, you know, Jerry, they energise you, don't they? They do. <laughs> they do. <laughs> and, and, and the thing is, Alice, you can give them back. Oh, that's oh, that's for sure. They come, they come and they wreck the house. <laughs> they, before they, my, before they come, I proof, I proof, child, the house. <laughs> but, but on a serious note, though, this and and and, and you, you, this is a thing as well that runs through. You know, they were the backbone of families, and they are the backbone of families. Baking, cooking, sewing, uh, counselor, uh, financial advisor, everything. Oh yeah, because they're there to be called on. Yes. You yes. know, because um, um, Elena was 10 and, <coughs> sorry, she loves, um, uh, you know, to do baking and, and yes. gardening. I'm hoping to God I'll make a gardener out of one of them. <laughs> <laughs> you will, Alice. You will. You yeah. will. I'm trying hard anyway. Yeah, well, I, I, Ava has been my assistant, the first one, and she loves the garden as well. But they're coming along now. The others, Pippa and uh, Harry and Olivia, the, my, my others, will come, please God, in turn and, yeah. and, 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 and do their time in the garden too. And, and we hand that on to them. But here's another thing for you. Yeah. Do you know I never knew either of my grannies, Margaret or oh, Kathleen? Sure. I didn't. Yeah. No, but... I had a step-granny called Monica. And you know what? She lathered me with love, kindness and gifts. Yes. Isn't that what it's all about? Because often the nana can be, as you say, a stepmother. It can be an aunt. Yes. It can be a good neighbour. Sure, sure. It can be. Anybody can fill the shoes. <laughs> they can. And you know, Alice, when you talk about today, you uh, span the generations and the years, of course, going back and coming right up to today. Where would we be without them today in the context of, you know, with so, mammy, so many mammies out working? And That's right. And grannies, you know, they, they help out so much. Oh my God! Should they're at the school gate and they're they're everywhere. They're yeah. they're dragging and hauling and, <laughs> and driving and they're part of. A, I mean, I, when the phone rings and my daughter says, "Are you busy?" Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what's coming next. I do. I do indeed. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Well, now, Alice, we're going to bring the tone of afternoon radio down a little bit here. So I want my listeners to forgive me and you too. But you've written about it. Tell them about Nana's knickers. Oh yeah, the Nana Knickers is 
Uh, it's very hard to describe it, but most women will recognise it. <laughs> you know, the nanny knickers extended from under the bosom to just above the knees. And I remember when I was a little one going back to Nanabella Duane, and that time, Jerry, they they unrobed. Now we jump in and out of our clothes, but though they didn't rush. And I remember uh, being in bed and watching my grandmother. Uh, um, take off all the layers but you see when you think about it there was no central heating mm. and they kept the body warm yes and that's where the nanny knickers <laughs> came in and let me tell you Jerry we're back to the nanny knickers now because you know you know this with the, the, the environment and turn off the light we were reared to my father saying, will you turn off the lights? We're back to turn off the light. Of course we are. You know, so we're back to the nanny knickers and the long johns. <laughs> the wheel turns, Alice, there's the no doubt. Turns indeed. It really does. But you, you devote a chapter to it. It's, uh, I, I really smiled uh, the, the way you describe it and, 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 you know, the part it played. And of course, as the years roll on as well, well, they again, like uh, grandmotherhood or whatever, the nanny knickers come to the everybody. The nanny knickers is back because yes. last... When the real cold weather came, and I, I you know, there it was, it was it last winter, it was the winter before, it was absolutely freezing. And I was frozen, and my sister, who was, who was, who was a lot smarter than I am, she said, have you a warm knickers? I said, no. Well, she said, you're some clown anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she posted up two nanny knickers to me and I'm telling you, Jerry, I forgot about the, the grandeur and looking good. When the cold weather comes, you forget about the, the itsy bitsy teeny weeds. <laughs> Alice, you you have it sorted. That is the truest thing you ever said. Forget about anything else. You've got to yeah. keep warm and that's the thing about warm. it. Yeah, that's that's vital. Yeah. We're facing into the winter now. So I think there'll be a big sale in nanny There will. There will. You're doing your bit for it. You're doing your bit for the nanny knicker economy. I mean, there's no doubt. Now, the other thing about nanas and, and grands, etc., it's not uncommon that uh, the nana would live with the family, especially in, in yesteryear, or live close by or in oh, the granny yeah. flat, you, oh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, nana was was part of the, was, she was very much part of the scene, you know, in a way, I suppose, uh, um, Jerry, it's a bit ironic now that the nana was in the corner and she minded the baby. No nana's in a nursing home or the baby's in a crèche, so we're after we're after changing roles a bit, but I think maybe we're we're sort of I think now we're at a stage where we're kind of thinking things out again. Mm. You know, I think when with my generation, I think we we got all, we got very sophisticated and we threw out lots of things that we thought was all, were old hat. But now I think we're having a rethink. I always think there was a. Jerry, do you ever hear the expression of a hurdy-gurdy shop? Of course. <laughs> a hurdy-gurdy shop. There was one in Cork and there was a notice over the door I thought was the best ever. Come in and buy what your grandmother threw out. Ah. But you know, Jerry, it should have read, come in and buy what your grandmother kept and your mother threw out <laughs> or maybe yourself. <laughs> yes. A better title indeed, of course, because women of yesteryear knew the value. They oh knew. Oh, God, they did. They did, and they had to. And you're right. Perhaps the world today is uh, forcing us to have a relook at And it I is. Think, yeah, it I certainly is, Alice. Yeah, I think the environment is talking to it, us. It certainly is. Yeah. And you know what I wanted to compliment you about uh, in the book as well, before we finish up? Mm. I love the illustrations, the butter churn, the good china, the clock ticking, the handbag, the chest, the drawers, the sewing machine the child of Prague and so on yeah. they're all there Alice yeah she's uh, Emma Burns she's the the illustrator with O'Brien Press and she's super oh, and of yes. course uh, well now Jerry the neighbours were very good because the children I didn't have a bother children but one of my neighbours had one and it's amazing what's out there when you when you rattle the bucket you know yeah. I'd have the lamps now and things but the mincer I did I mean I remember the mincer filling the puddings and fitting the, the sausages when the pig was killed and in a way like then you know the black pudding now is very much just on the menu in most good restaurants yes it was the nanas nurtured the black you know brought the black pudding on board and it was they had the recipe 
Exactly. Know? And yeah. today it is Nouveau Cuisine, Alice. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The, the top restaurants, you'll pay top dollar for it. Yeah, that, for that, sure. that is for sure. But it, be gra- it began, as you say. It began with, with the, the It began there. It did, folks, indeed. Uh, you know what? I could talk to you all afternoon. It's a lovely, lovely book. As That's I say, I did. And you're on the money again with it. It's called The Nana. It's out at the moment by Alice Taylor. And uh, it'll be a lovely gift, I have to say, to give to someone in your life this Christmas. Christmas time to remind them of times past, but as well to remind them of what the real uh, essence of the Nana actually is. Alice, you're a star. May I wish you, I won't be talking before the end of the year. All the best for the coming festive season and keep doing what you're doing forevermore. Yeah, thanks very much, Jerry. Take care of yourself. <laughs> Bye, you. Alice. Bye Take care now. Bye-bye. That's Alice Taylor there. The book is called The Nana. What about uh, Stripe yesterday? The Irish boys issue a message that they're getting rid of what of a thousand people and you'll get a message in 15 minutes to tell you whether you're in or out. What about that for the speed of light? 15 minutes, you either have or haven't got a job. And today, no Twitterati. Staff members can get into the buildings. They're locked out. Musk has cleared out the senior management. He's going to save a billion. That's what he wants to make savings of. And in Dublin today, 500 people employed. Quite a number are going to be getting the notice to say they're not employed anymore. The speed of it. It's unbelievable. And listening to the news, Adrian Wettler there saying that it's, it's, it's not right. It really isn't right. It's, it's really harsh and it's cool and it's everything it shouldn't be. And then I think on the other hand, if you were in certain organisations in Ireland, 15 minutes, 15 weeks, 15 months notice mightn't be out of the question. The contrast, unbelievable, isn't it? But we think of all those people who will be out of work today with those big decisions. Tech, bit of a wobble in the tech sector and Ireland dependent a lot on tech companies for employment and for uh, major contributions to the economy here. So it's uh, we're not out of the woods yet. They said we wouldn't be in recession. Uh, Hopefully that will be the case, that we won't. And uh, things will pick up on other fronts as well to balance out. But there you go. That's the way of the world today and the speed of the world that we're living in. 086-1800-658 if you want to get in touch with us on the show. Still to come this afternoon, we're in the garden with Nikki Kyle. Oh, indeed, and we are. And David Sheehan will run the rule over a big weekend in sport, especially on the GAA front locally. But before all that, let's have a listen to this, fellas. Ah, Mr. George Ezra, green, green grass on your late lunch this Friday afternoon. Let's head out into the garden before we're drowned again this evening and tomorrow and beyond. Nikki Kyle, hello. I hope you've got your wellies, Jerry. <laughs> oh, Nikki, just in a, in a general sense, before we get into the meat of the matter here, what do you make of the climate when you get... Look, the rain has been just unbelievable, Yeah, hasn't it? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'm going to start developing web feet and quacking soon. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's climate change, Jerry. And, you know, exactly 30 years ago this autumn, after the first climate summit in Rio, I organised an event in the National Botanic Gardens warning about it and what would happen. But nobody wanted to listen. They said I was depressing and I was a green nutcase and everything else. And here we are. There we are. We have to get on with it and deal with, you know, do what we can and deal with it. Is anybody paying attention today, Nikki? never mind 30 years ago? Well, I think a few people are more. But you see, it, until it actually comes to their door, they probably won't. And then they'll say, why didn't somebody warn us? You know, because it's, it's the poorer countries in the world that are suffering, and, and you know, at first. And the lower countries like the, you know, the Gilbert Islands, countries like that, which are actually going to be drowned. Mm. by the rising waters, you know, and melting polar ice caps and everything else. It's, it's actually depressing, and I want to give people hope. Um, there's hope that there's something we can do, but you know what? We can all do something, even if a, a very small way, if everyone did one thing to help, you know, uh, make the climate better, like planting a tree, like not using tumble dryers. Like, I mean, I, I go, well, go on and on, you know, yes. not renewing tech every five minutes, which is incredibly polluting and, and um, you know, emits a lot of carbon dioxide. But, you know, that's another thing. That's somebody else's yes. topic. Gardening well, is, is my thing. Is your forte. And you mentioned planting a tree yeah. there, and we're going to start with, with it today. The, the importance of this, it cannot be understated. Do you know what? 
Uh, if you only plant one tree in your garden, make it an apple tree. Because it, I think, this, apart from anything else, there's few more beautiful sights than a tree full of blossom in spring and laden with delicious apples in autumn. But do you know what? 95% of the, uh, the, the 100 million euros worth of apples we buy each year in Ireland are imported. Now, let that sink in. And about half of these are actually wasted. Mm. It's actually quite staggering. In the UK, every year, about 1.3 million apples are thrown away. I don't have a figure for Ireland, but it, it really is absolutely appalling. Yeah, and, and apart from anything else, they're all tasteless, ghastly apples, which are sprayed, you know, to, uh, to hell. And, um, you know, we could all grow an organic apple tree in our garden. Uh, and doing that would give us some healthy food security. It can cut food miles. It can soak up carbon dioxide and produce oxygen for you to breathe. It supports a wide range of biodiversity, and we're in the middle of a biodiversity crisis, like insects, pollinators, birds and small mammals, and actually save rare apple varieties. Well, you will not get a better endorsement for planting an apple tree, folks, anywhere on radio uh, yeah. in this country or beyond today. Listen to all those benefits that it can bring to us. So let's talk for a moment then. What varieties do you like in terms of apples? Well, um, I, I you know, there are hundreds of varieties out there. I would say, you know, go and do your research because people always ask for Cox because it's a name that they know. But actually, there are far better apples than Cox now. Um, and, you know, uh, f- future forests in Cork have one of the best ranges of fruit trees available here. They're really nice people. They give you lots of good advice. They've got great varieties. And even an ornamental uh, or native crab apple um, w- would be terrific uh, in a garden as well. Um, but I was actually talking to them this morning, uh, and their website will be open for orders of bare root trees, which are the best to plant, mm. from mid-November onwards. Uh, and it's the best way to plant them because they establish far better, uh, and they're cheaper than containerized trees. Mm. Um, I mean, some of the ones I grow here are Katie, which uh, you've uh, yes. grown in the past. Yes. A lovely early variety. Red Devil, which is a fantastic variety. Every year, it's my most reliable apple. Very deep red and sort of pinkish flesh in, in, inside. Very high in healthy anthocyanin antioxidants. Um, although all apples contain beneficial phytochemicals, but limelight's another lovely variety they have. L Star, a winter gem, a delicious late-keeping apple that's crisp with a flavour just like Cox, actually. Um, you know, there's some wonderful varieties. Grenadier is a lovely early cooking apple yeah. if you want to grow a cooker because you know, it's impossible to buy organic cooking apples here. Yeah. Um, and Annie Elizabeth is a lovely uh, late long-keeping cooker which actually even makes a nice eating apple in April. Uh, you know, and if you grow your own apples, they won't be sprayed with fe- pesticides and fungicides uh, when growing and after harvest. So, I mean, they, they really benefit everything, you know. Yes, and right. the, that's that's such a range of, of yeah. uh, apples you've given there between eaters hundreds. and I mean, cookers. Yes, and and that p- those people you mentioned, Future Forests, is Future that... Future Forests are actually brilliant. They have a wonderful website. Um, they tell you all about all of the apples that they have, um, and they've got some really excellent varieties, Many of them are old varieties, which are tried and tested uh, for years. Mm. You know, and, and, you know, I've got over 100 varieties of apples here. Uh, over the years, I've done a lot of research in, into uh, apples that, you know, um, perform best in, in the sort of conditions mm. we, we will expect with, with climate change. But, I mean, apart from anything else, do you know an, apple, an acre of apples takes about 15 tonnes of carbon dioxide out of the air each year and produces about six tonnes of oxygen? Huge benefit to breathe. So for rough, for roughly every apple you eat, an apple tree is producing one hour's oxygen supply for you as well. Oh, it's I mean, just terrific. It really is when you it hear is that. Amazing. And, and Future Forest, they'll deliver all over Ireland, will they? they do. Yeah, they've got a brilliant mail order website. Um, have a look at their website now, and they'll be open for orders. Yes. Um, you'll know, be taking orders after the middle of November. Um, to the, but I would, you know, get on there and, and put them on your wish list now. Send them your email uh, if you want them. And I, I can't recommend Red Devil highly enough. Okay, great. So that's, wonderful apple. that's your nap today in racing parlance Red <laughs> Devil apple from, from Nikki. The other thing I just wanted to ask before we leave the, the apple trees what about roots? stock yeah 
well, rootstock's very important too because that uh, not only controls the height of the tree but also how disease resistant it is. Um, now, most of mine here are on M26 or MM106 and funnily enough, that's what uh, future forests have. Please don't plant trees on these d- very dwarfing coronet rootstocks uh, 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 or um, M9 rootstocks because they don't produce healthy trees. Even if they do produce healthy trees, you'll probably get a handful of apples off them. Mm. That's all. And, you know, an apple tree doesn't take up a lot of room. Uh, on an M26 or M- MM106, they will take up about, uh, you know, they'll grow about 10 to 12 feet high and be about the same in width, which is lovely to have in the corner of your garden. Yes. Uh, you know, and you can do anything with the apples. Lovely. So MM106 or M26, yeah. Nikki recommends, as the ideal rootstock. Stay away from M9s, M27s. They're tiny yeah, little. They're, they're, I've actually written an article. My last fruit blog uh, on the website was all about you know planting apples, choosing rootstocks, that sort of thing. So if you look up com, there's lots of information there on the fruit garden and orchard every month. Lovely. Now, let's talk garlic. Now, I got mine in on the 31st of October in containers. Oh, well in, done. And, and you know what I did? I I took the good compost that you always recommend yep. for my tomatoes that I'd taken out and I just put that into the containers yep. and no food with it or anything like that, just it. And I put my garlic in. Nikki, say say a novena for me. Cross your fingers that <laughs> I won't, that I'll get garlic this year. I hope well, I will. You will, as long yeah. as you don't use the same tools in your containers that you're using out in the garden where you've got onion white rot. Okay. Because that can, that can actually go around your garden on your tools and on your feet. Uh, it, it's dreadful, you know. Mm. Mm. It's like smallpox for plants. Oh, well, look, we don't want it and I want to keep no. it away and I'm just hoping that I'll get them. Is there still time for people listening today to get some uh, garlic uh, cloves in? Oh, absolutely. And um, I mean, Fruit Hill Farm probably have the best range of garlic for planting. They've got a terrific range. Uh, now, I grow uh, Murado. Uh, and I have to confess here, I haven't planted mine yet because I've had the family all here this week eating me out of house and home and various <laughs> other things going on. But it won't ma- matter because you can plant different varieties of garlic up until January and they'll do very well. So Murado is one you like yeah, in particular? I love it because it's really, really strong. But, you know, there are different, all sorts of different varieties. They've got about a dozen varieties, so there's lots to choose from. Fruit Hill Farm are the people there. Yeah. Now, talking about buying online or whatever, and we've touched on this before, it's not quite time, but it, for some people it may be. Seed ordering. Talk to me about it for a moment. Well, the first thing to do is check what leftover seeds you have from, from this year. Uh, make a rough cropping plan and sort of have an idea of what you need before ordering more. Uh, and don't throw out old seeds just yet because the variety you want may not be available this year. Uh, and seed keeps far longer than most of the experts say if stored properly, you know, dry and cool. Uh, and there's some great Irish seed companies now to choose from. Uh, and you can look at their websites even if you don't order yet and just write down a list of what you want. I mean, there's Seedaholic, uh, Brown Envelope Seeds, So Diverse, who are a fairly new company, uh, Irish Seed Savers, uh, Fruit Hill Farm, and Seeds Ireland, a very new company uh, in Limerick who started about two years ago. And they've all got a great range of organic, open-pollinated seeds, which means you can save your own seed from them after that. Which is fantastic. Is the UK totally out of bounds now for seed ordering? Well, pretty much, but, you know, um, we have to say this very quietly so nobody hears. But if you've got a friend there or, or um, who, who is actually coming over to Ireland, you can always sort of um, get a few seeds sent yes. to them. Yes. And uh, if they're coming over for Christmas or whatever, um, you know, you, you get half a dozen mm. packets of seeds and it's not a problem. I mean, it's not because there's anything wrong with the seeds. It's just these all these silly Brexit rules and everything else, you know. And it's really messed things up, particularly for some good um, uh, seed companies in the USA. You know, it's very annoying. They won't send to Europe or, or Ireland now. Mm. Um, uh, it's just really annoying because they have some of the best new varieties of, of you know, vegetables. So, you know, there's always ways around these things. But um, There is a friendly address. I used to have one in Northern Ireland myself <laughs> many years ago when I was getting fishing tackle from the UK when it was yep. difficult as well. A listener wants to know again, will you please repeat that website for the trees? Future Forests. is Future, the think of future yep. and then forests. Yes. They're fantastic. They have a lovely website. And they're really, really nice people. I was talking to them this morning to, to, to ask them 
you know, how many Red Devil they had and, and when they would be available. And they said, we'll have about 50 trees and that'll be it for this year. Okay. You know, they don't have a massive availability of everything, but they have got a terrific range. I mean, oh gosh, I, I, where to start with varieties? You know, I mean, Laxton Superb is another wonderful late keeping apple mm. um, that they have, which is very like Cox. Yes. Um, you know, I think the later keeper, it's lovely to have some early ones to eat now, but the later keeping ones, um, you know, are, are, are great to, to have later on too. Yeah. Um, that, you know, and you can eat them, uh, you know, we could grow our own apples here from early August until late April. Right, Without so a problem. You could have a, a supply right through yeah, that time yeah. of year. Just to, uh, remiss of me not to ask you this. Say you bought, we'll take Red Devil as an example because yeah. you love that tree, and you buy one tree. Yep. Do you need a second one for pollination? Well, you see, that depends again because some trees are self pollinating. Yes. And other trees need a pollinator. Okay. Now, Red Devil is self-pollinating. Right. Um, Grenadier is a, the lovely cooking apple is self-pollinating. But if you grow two together, if you can, they're even better because they'll pollinate each other. And, right. and it will tell you, any good website uh, talking about apples will tell you whether they're self-pollinating or whether they need another tree for pollination. Okay. Uh, but, you know, if you live in, in Drada or, or in somewhere where there's other houses around and gardens around you, generally you'll find there are... You you know, the bees go between gardens. They mm. don't stay in your garden. Yes. They'll, and they'll pollinate apples. They're not usually a pro- problem because your Katie got pollinated well, didn't Oh, they? always, yeah. always, always, so, always. I mean, there's trees around and there's crab apples. And actually, a crab apple, a small crab apple is a great thing to plant in your garden if you have other apple trees too. Uh, and they're just wonderful for wildlife and pollinators and butterflies and everything else. And they're so important. Thank you so much, uh, Nikki. A mine of information as usual. NikkiKyleGardening.com. Check this wonderful lady out and she will be talking to you in the Christmas month and we'll concentrate a bit more on the seed catalogues at that stage. We will. Thanks a lot, Jerry. Thanks, You're Nikki. Welcome. Take care of yourself. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. There you are. Plant a tree. Let's make it our business to get a tree, a fruit tree, an apple tree on the right rootstock and plant it this year because you'll have it for years and years to come. Let's reprise our TV theme. What a show. Yes, called the midwife I was looking for. And most people got it right today. There were a couple of uh, bangers in there, different names, but on the whole, very good today. Top marks, Bernie Rice in Dundalk. The prize is yours today. Thank you and thanks to everybody who joined in the fun. And uh, I have a book to give away. Alice Taylor's new one, uh, The Nana, is going today to Geraldine Maguire. Well done to you, Geraldine. Cork was the answer I was looking for. Uh, The lovely Alice is from County Cork. Now, time for this on Late Lunch. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Lewis Capaldi it is this week and going back to May in 2019 he released his debut album I mentioned this earlier in the week Divinely Uninspired to a hellish extent and it remained at the top of the UK album charts for six weeks and it's gone on to top the UK album chart a total of nine times since and it hasn't been out of the top 10 in the UK or the top 50 in the US album charts since its release in 2019 May. That's some record. On to May 2020, it was announced that Someone You Loved had become the longest-running top 10 UK single of all time, of all time, by the official chart company. And he is coming to Ireland next year. January 29th in Belfast, January 30th in Dublin. There's still a few tickets uh, available. They'll be sold out for sure. Now, my song today is the aforementioned. It reached number one on the UK singles chart, as I said, and stayed there for seven weeks. It was also Capaldi's first entry on the US Billboard Hot 100. It came in at number 85 in May 2019. But listen to this. It took 24 weeks on the charts before it climbed all the way up to number one in America and it was at number one for three non-consecutive weeks in the States. Here in Ireland it accumulated and this is big for Ireland 26.8 million streams in 2019 and was the biggest selling song of that year. I simply adore it. It's Lewis Capaldi 
and someone you loved. Your home of great music. To give me through it all. L-M-F-M I'm going on during this time I fear there's no one to save me This all and nothing really got away You're driving me crazy I need somebody to hear Somebody to know Somebody to have Somebody to hold It's easy to say But it's never the same I guess I kinda like the way you know all the pain Now the day bleeds Into nightfall And you know Isn't he just sensational, that young man? Louis Capaldi, my Artist of the Week, on your late lunch this week. A pleasure to feature him and look forward to his music in the years to come. And I'll bring you another Artist of the Week on late lunch next week. Shania, what do you think? Shania Twain coming to Dublin? Possibly. I'll have a think about it. Our Sunday sports presenter, David Sheehan, is with me as usual to make his predictions ahead of the weekend sporting action. And we're beginning with GAA this afternoon. Welcome, David. How are you, Jerry? Good to have you with us again. Let's start tomorrow with the Junior Leinster Football Championship and Castletown in action from Meath against the Wicklow champions, Lara. Yeah, and Castletown, you know, having been down in junior for the last few years, it would have been alien territory for them, really. They were an intermediate club for so long, but got back out of junior, beating Dunsany, who we talked about before, lost so many finals, beat Dunsany a couple of weeks ago, uh, playing Lara, the, the, the Wicklow champions, as you said. Uh, I saw the, the the Wicklow senior champions playing a couple of weeks ago on a Saturday night in the club championship, and I thought the standard was, was really poor. So if that's anything to go by, and Castletown's form going into this, you know, their tails will be up. They've had a nice break since that junior final. It's down in Auckland. But you know, I don't think that'll hold any fears for them. It'll be a bit of a novelty going outside the county to play a match. Uh, they've the likes of Kevin Ross, former Mead man, their former Mead player, main forward for them. So I'd fancy Castletown to come through that one, and maybe with a little bit to spare. Good. So uh, thumbs up there for the Mead Junior Champions. Now let's go to the Leinster Intermediate, and both Mead and Loud representatives out tomorrow afternoon. Let's begin with Dunshockland. I saw Dunshockland absolutely hammer the league Bellystown in the Intermediate Final in Mead. They were very impressive. Uh, they're at home again in Park Talton tomorrow to Bally Teague from Kildare. What do you make of this one? Yeah, and again, the key thing with this is Dunshockland have had a nice bit of a break since that intermediate final, but so have Bally Teague. So it's going to be an interesting one. Um, most people who follow uh, the, the Mead scene and the club scene around the, around the country as well, and indeed the, the county teams will know of Jimmy Highland from uh, Kildare. He's a Bally Teague player. He scored nine points in the county final, a few from freeze, but a few from play as well. So he's going to be the main man that Dunshockland are going to have to keep an eye on. Uh, but I think having home advantage for them is a big thing. You know, they're in Park Talton, very familiar ground. And of course, Dunshockland going back 20 years or more now have, uh, have history in the uh, provincial championship as well, winning that that uh, Leinster senior in 2003. So mm. I'm sure Richie Keeley will be very keen. He took part. He was part of that team. He'll be very keen to to put a marker down in, in, Leinster, in Leinster this year and, and bounce into next year's senior championship in Mead. So it's going to be a tight one, I think. Again, I can't say I'm an expert in Bally T, but I'm just going to give the nod to Dunshock in there with home advantage. Cooley uh, from Louth in the same competition, quarter-final up against Nave Barrog from Dublin. A, a stern enough challenge, I'd say. Yeah, I was just looking at this and I'd be friendly with a few of the lads from Barogue actually because I'm not living too far away from there and I know they're confident enough but the you know the, the, the betting if you're to believe it has Cooley as strong enough favourites but again with, with contests like this I'm not sure how much the bookies really know about the, the intermediate champions from each county but Cooley went away to Longford the last day against Ballymahan and won really well, really convincingly that day. They're back at home, so to speak. They're in Dowdles Hill, just around the corner from Colm Corrigan. Again, a handy trip for Colm tomorrow. But yeah, I think it's going to be an interesting one. Barogue would be would be decent enough. But um, I think I think Cooley will do it. I think the intermediate grade in, in Loud is strong. Uh, and I think Cooley will just about get through that one. It'll be a tough one again. But I think, again, home advantage might just pay out there. And I think Cooley will get through. God, it's going to be a great uh, late November and beyond <laughs> for LMFM with all these teams winning through to the semi-finals. What about the senior games on Sunday, both at two o'clock? Let's begin with St Mary's uh, from Loud. They're away to the Downs uh, from Westmeath. 
Yeah, the Downs who, you know, we talked about St. Mary's having a long wait for a senior championship. The Downs wasn't quite as long. They they, they won it this year for the first time since 2005. A familiar name on the sideline as well for the Downs, Lara Wall, who was Gail Colm Kill manager for so long as well. They beat St. Lomans in the final. RD St. Mary's again came through the last day against uh, St. Colm Kills of Longford. It was a little bit of a squeak for them the last 10 minutes, but they, they finished really strongly. And again, they'll have had the benefit of that break. The carrot here, as as will be for a total, we'll talk about them in a moment, the carrot here is that both of the semi-finals will be played in Croke Park. So there's a mm. huge prize on offer for whatever team comes through. Um, I mean, how could you back against RD St. Mary's, Jerry? I think I'm going to have to go for a clean sweep here, but how could you back <laughs> against them with the, with, the run, with the run they've been on? And yes. I think... We thought that the last day might be the day they'd be caught, but they, they came through that one. They finished really strongly. Uh, I know they were missing one or two players that day. I think that they'll have back. So, uh, yeah, RD all the way. Come on, let's go. All right, for the full sweep then of the complete <laughs> hand uh, to take all the money this weekend, you're going to obviously plump for a tote to get the better of road. Now, road are seasoned campaigners. Mm. Yeah, and a couple of other players on the road, if you'll pardon the pun, a long time, Jerry. Niall mm. McNamee and Alan McNamee. Niall McNamee got the winning score in the uh, county final. He's 36, his brother Alan, 40. So those two boys have been have been going a long time. I did read the famous uh, quote after the county final that they were written off apparently last year and that's what spurred them on to come back, that they, they were told there was going to be a change in the guard in Offaly football and they came back and proved that there wasn't. So, yeah, a couple of couple of more more senior um, kind of campaigners in that road team. And no Joey Wallace for a toad, of course, came on in the county final and went off soon afterwards injured. But again, we talked about this before as well. Retote have won several Keegan Cups now and I think they're, you know, they've done that the time for them is now to move on and make an impact in Leinster. It's been a long time since the Mead team has done that. They're at home in Park Talton on Sunday. Should be a big crowd there. Five five wins, Jerry. Going to go for a total. Wow. Well, I'm going to watch this with interest and we all are this weekend. David Sheehan is certainly putting his neck on the line. Let's quickly go to soccer. We have a few minutes left and all the soccer action we're looking at is on Sunday because the final round of games in the League of Ireland. Uh, Derry with the cup on their minds are home in the Brandywell to Dundalk. Dundalk have Europe. Mm. Yeah, have Europe great success for them, really, given given the year that they've had and, and where they've come from. You know, we've talked about this several times across the course of the season, but a really successful season for Stephen O'Donnell. As you said, Derry one eye in the cup. Um, Rory Higgins will just be praying they get through that without any injuries and may well shuffle his pack a little bit. They've got plenty of strength and depth there. Um, you know, it's a dead rubber game in, insofar as there's nothing riding on it. But Dundalk will want to finish the, the season strongly. There possibly are players there who are, are trying to earn themselves a contract for next season. So I'd say, you know, Dundalk maybe just to sneak, sneak that one with Derry, as you said, one eye on, on the Aviva next weekend. And these games in the League of Ireland, 7 o'clock on Sunday evening, draw on another dead rubber. They play relegated Finn Harps, who they'll be following into the First Division next year for sure if they go with the abysmal paltry budget they're talking about for next season. Yeah, well, I mean, they can't uh, magic money up out of out of nowhere either, Jerry. Like they do, we've talked about this before, and I know you you maybe have a slightly different take on it than I do. They need to get finance in from external sources. That's the the top and bottom of it for Drogheda. We spoke to Connor last week about this. They're trying to get money in, um, and that's the you're you're 100 correct. If they don't if they don't increase their budget, they will be in trouble. But they just need to get that money in from outside. Um, this game, as you said, it could be a sign of things to come for them. Finn Harps relegated. Ollie Horgan nine years there could be his last game in charge of Finn Harps. But I'm, uh, I'm going to give the, the nod to Drogheda to finish the season on a high and let's keep our fingers crossed that, uh, that they do get some money in and they can, they can boost that budget for next season. Five GAA wins, two soccer wins for the North East. Just in a minute, we'll just give a minute to the Premier League. Chelsea-Arsenal, how will it turn out? Yeah, 12 o'clock Sunday. Um, Arsenal, you know, they've only dropped two points in their last six. Chelsea beaten by, by Brighton last weekend. They'll be looking to bounce back. They had a win in Europe during the week. Um, I'm going to give the, the Gunners the nod for this one. I think it'll be close. It's you know you could look at it and say it could be a draw um, on the face of it, but Arsenal going well. I'm going to I'm going to give them the nod. They got a good win there last year as well at Stamford Bridge. So uh, an Arsenal win by by maybe the odd goal in three or something like that. And finally, Spurs Liverpool. Liverpool, you don't know what to make of them. They they win and, and then they don't play so well the next game. Tottenham under Conte, he'll be driving them on for sure. Result there, mm. home win, away win, draw. I think uh, home win. Liverpool, you know, bad defeat to Leeds last week. And in a little bit of disarray at the minute, Spurs beat Bournemouth just about last week as well. So I think Spurs get the win there. David, thank you so much. As always, appreciate your predictions and we will be watching with interest. Thanks again. See you next week.
Get the money down, Jerry. Talk to you next week. <laughs> Take care. Bye bye. That's a lot on late lunch for another week. I want to say a big, big thank you to Brian Farley, who's been at the controls for most of the week, flying the plane for me. Really do appreciate it, Brian. Thanks a million. Uh, to our guests who joined us every day, we do appreciate your input to the show too, and to your listeners who are with us always. Thanks a million. Have a nice weekend. Eddie Caffrey's coming next with the drive here on LMFM Radio, and we'll be back with your late lunch Monday, 1.30. See you then. LMFM Podcasts. With CNC Carpets, we bring the showroom to you. Or book a new showroom appointment on 87 Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit UH1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.